0: Right then, everybody, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, or wherever you are in the galaxy, Uh, we've got a podcast today about sourcing, and we've got someone who knows all about that. We've got someone who knows all about technology and sourcing, which is a big thing in the industry and has been for a while. Um, We know that sourcing is a big topic. Alex from Broadbean is here to help me work my way through this topic, which I'm sure we all get out of bed for, we'd rather spend less time doing, but we know that it's an absolutely critical part of our recruitment workflow. Alex, hello, tell everybody who you are, what your background is, maybe give us an interesting fact about yourself.
1: Right. hi, Lisa, hi everyone, um, it's Alex, uh, as you can probably guess from the uh, accent, I'm a uh, uh, native Greek, I moved to the UK a couple of uh, Years ago, I'm actually reading for my uh, British uh, citizenship test, uh, as we speak, and um, uh, I'm uh, running Broadbean. I've worked in recruitment advertising all my life, pretty much. So, finally, I started a job board when I was 21, right out of university, uh, back in Greece. Then moved to running job boards internationally, and then eventually moved to Broadbean, and now uh, partnering with job boards and partnering with um, recruitment software uh, businesses and. We obviously one of the um, players in online advertising across the world, with um, more than three thousand clients all over the place, and you know posting jobs in more than one hundred and eighty countries, pretty much.
0: That's a decent background. Yeah, and obviously from a Broadbean perspective, I've certainly been a Broadbean user for more than 20 years. And (laughs) oh, has the product changed a lot from what it started off with and now what it can do to help recruitment workflow, speed, uh, you know, remove crazy amounts of time from a workflow to help a recruiter be more effective. We're going to talk about sourcing today because we know that it is, can be, should not be a time consuming process. It isn't a matter of looking for everyone everywhere all at once. We're gonna talk about the ROI from advertising, what the true ROI is. Try and say that three times after a gin and tonic. <laughs> we wanna to know how we balance sourcing, you know, how we how we make sure that sourcing plays the right part within our workflows. We're gonna talk about passive candidates because we know that actually that's where the gold is. But also you have to be really strategic in your approach and often sourcing is quite a tactical task. Sometimes recruiters have to think a little bit deeper. And we're going to talk about recruitment technology. Um, So obviously really keen to hear your thoughts. So I'm going to ask the first question today, um, Alex. So as a native Greek who, you know, we know that Greeks, native Greeks, historical Greeks know a lot about a lot of things. So the pressure's on today, Alex. Talk to me about the true ROI from advertising channels. How do, you, how do you manage your numbers? How do you track it? How do you make sure that you actually get a return on investment from advertising? Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah, being on, uh, I would say, both sides of the equation, both as I a, said back on my days when I was running a job board and selling advertising, and now uh, at Broadband when I'm like distributing, you know, uh, as I said, jobs, like we, I think at this point we're somewhere close to 7 million jobs every month. Um, across the world it's um I'm still surprised by the, the amount of um, people in the space that are not really in control of their advertising and their posting um so there's a lot of you know effort to do to post to many multiple channels it's becoming you know cheaper and easier we have new technologies as programmatic and pay for performance and uh, many many options and um uh, people uh, still, I think, have to focus on the basics. And for me, the basics is really um, not just getting the the basic data or information about how many, you know, uh, jobs I put out, how many clicks, how many views they receive, but start uh, going down the recruitment funnel um, beyond the application, right? So uh, I would say the first um, uh, milestone for everyone should be to know in, in simple in a simple format, what's the cost per application, right? How, um, when they post a job, how many applicants they get, and, and what's the uh, the relevant cost they pay out in each channel for that. And this, but then I think it's, it's where it really starts. It's really drilling down to um, more metrics to really understand what's a qualified application. You know, what application converts to uh, an interview or eventually hire and be able to tie uh, all the data together to be to make decisions on uh, uh, where do I put my money, where do I find the best applicants um you know which relations I, I I need to develop further and to get even better applicants in the future and I think um that's a key basic uh, task that everyone that's on talent acquisition and sourcing has to uh, to get it right at first like the, as I said there's a lot of noise and confusion, a lot of channels and it's very easy to lose track of the simple fact that you know we have to be very much in control over uh, as i call it source tracking. Um, so obviously there are you know different tools and approaches to that but mm. the simple terms like beat you know an excel sheet you build on on your own uh, a job posting tool like broadbing that you use or um you know the the results from your kind of programmatic uh, have uh, uh, campaigns and, and platforms. Uh, you should be able to have like a simple view that tells you which are the right channels that bring back candidates and not just bring back applicants um, at at uh, you know uh, competitive cost, but uh, which of those applicants convert to actual placements. Or uh, if you're an agency or hires, if you are an employer.
0: You mentioned programmatic earlier, right? Mm. Okay, so. Just give me a brief a briefing on that. Talk to people out there who just see sourcing as a going online finding people. And I, by the way, I like mm-hmm. the differentiator between applicants and candidates, because as a recruiter, it's my job to decide whether or not you're a candidate,
1: not <laughs> yours. So
0: exactly. brilliant, so, uh, absolutely. But talk to me about the programmatic piece
1: that you mentioned. Yeah, so as uh, you know, technology around online advertising, developed and follows kind of what's happening in online advertising outside recruitment, I would say. Uh, we moved from a world where, you know, um in the past we would go as a, a recruiter, decide on build a relationship with a couple of job boards, put our jobs there, and you know, review the performance of those uh, decisions and then at the end of a year or at the end of a quarter or at the end of a contract and say, okay, this how much I spent, this how many uh, g- candidates or you know good candidates or placed candidates I got, um, and this is like the uh, the contract I want to renew. We're moving to to more automated ways of managing this process, right? So programmatic advertising is really using technology to place the jobs and uh, understand the performance uh, increasingly on a real time basis. So uh, instead of having a recruiter deciding you know which uh, channels to post to, you have an algorithm. Pretty much that uh, post the jobs out. Um, a lot of times, that means we also change the way you contract with job boards. So instead of uh, paying for a job placement, you're now paying for a cost per click or a cost per application uh, based on the kind of like the, the agreed uh, uh, method that you have with uh, those job boards. Yeah. And then the algorithm decides where the jobs go, measures the performance, and based on the results that you get, you can dynamically. Uh, pretty much change the rules around that uh, advertising to get, you know, better candidates, cheaper candidates, more candidates yeah. depending on the on the goals yeah. of your campaign, right? So depending on uh, uh, what we want to achieve, um, you know, higher at the minimum cost or higher, the most amount of people at the uh, minimum amount of time, you can uh, turn on and off the different levels of a programmatic campaign to attract the right people.
0: Absolutely. Because traditionally, you know, strategic advertising was about, and I'm going to be glib, but about, oh, quick, we need to renew our job board uh, credits. Let's get strategic. What did we do last year? Um, And and then then there's the number crunching before they have to resign. But that's not strategic. That's extremely tactical and probably quite stressful. Uh, But equally, we're hearing from a lot of clients that job boards are. Increasing their rates, as a lot of places are. So, yeah, that kind of like thinking about this and creating a campaign, a program, uh, a culture of being clever sources, not just busy sources. Maybe,
1: yeah, which exactly
0: kind of brings me on to my next question, really. So, in terms of sourcing and and balancing sourcing and and and, and making sure that sourcing is part of the recruitment life cycle, not the bit that drains it for all its time, because we know that the average recruiter out there doesn't have a timesheet mm-hmm. and they don't log the effort that they make against a job role. They just log the money that is made. And it's very, it's almost impossible to tell the cost of placement in, in many recruitment businesses, which does upset me. So how do you balance sourcing? We know it's important, but it, it's not necessarily why car clients hire recruiters talk to me about balancing outsourcing
1: yeah I think uh, uh, again there's like some uh, principles that you know I suggest that I think people should follow right so um uh, i think for for me the key thing is first of all to have a um to not be in a, in a hostage situation to say so you know if you're and I know there are you know, many people that, you know, think that I found the perfect choice for my candidates. And that's, let's say an example, LinkedIn, or I found the you know, the perfect job or that works for me in terms of course, And, you know, that might be whoever, indeed total jobs, really doesn't matter. Um, the key thing for me is that you, you shouldn't be hostage of one uh, provider because in, in, in that case, you're just signing a blank check, really. And they, you don't really control, um, neither the cost nor the quality nor the quantity of like the uh, candidates that are coming in the pipeline you should have a, a balanced strategy that you know balances like own media so your own uh, career site your own kind of sourcing effort um gained media you know making sure that uh, the reputation of your your business if you are you know a recruiter or your employer is intact and you control it and you know um you work with the relevant channels, and you have a profile in uh, uh, Glassdoor, or you have a presence online uh, when somebody tries to to find more about you, um, and that you control the information that's out there for you. It's really important. And finally, you balance it out with also what I call your paid media, right? Your job boards, your um, LinkedIn uh, efforts, or what uh, you know your your talent intelligence investments in terms of like you if you want a talent pipeline. Uh, built and um, you buy a specific kind of uh, recruitment tool to do that for you. So I would say the important thing there is that you have um, to think about all the, all the different approaches, making sure that you're not uh, putting all your money in one place, but you have a balanced approach that grows your own direct brand and uh, mm. audience. At the same time, um, uh, you don't forget that, you know, you won't control a hundred percent uh, of what's on the internet that's been told about you, but you know you have to put your content out there. You have to make sure your brand is represented uh, correctly, and at, at the same time, also like have a, the option to turn on and off the knob if you want to to find more clients and you want to uh, pretty much acquire them uh, by paying. So th- the first thing for me is just like you know have a a thought uh, process around all that. And and then uh, really think about the uh, nurturing process for a candidate, right? Follow the entire candidate journey from start to finish on all those different uh, channels that you use and understand how you would interact uh, with a candidate. And that plays a massive role of how your uh, sourcing will uh, uh, pay out. So, you know, there's an amazing amount of tools and technologies nowadays, and people start sometimes I would say with uh, the end in mind, ah, OK, I'm going to use this chatbot, or I'm going to use this ATS, or this tool um, to, to talk to clients, or I'm going to mm-hmm. you know, build my career cycle, all of that. My um, advice is always um, don't start with the end in mind. Like, you know, try to have a, a view of the entire process. What are you trying to achieve? Um, what are you willing to put in, in terms of like effort and, and cost and everything? And Exactly, as you said, where do you spend your time really to understand uh, the the real ROI of your efforts.
0: And of course, it's looking at, like we've said, sourcing being part of the workflow, but nobody's happy when they just find candidates, they need to convert them. And, (laughs) but but again, even though we, you know, again, often I see way too much sourcing, not enough screening, way too much sourcing, not enough converting, way too much sourcing, uh, not enough candidates, or, but busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and But then I look at the recruitment tech market. I look at the average recruitment consultant and how much tech they have available to them in comparison to 20 years ago when the market was, wasn't smaller. There were a few less people on the planet, but not many. Um, but recruiters had a much stronger, tighter hold of their candidate market because they didn't work big pools of data in comparison. So it's interesting, you know programmatic advertising really looking at cost of placement speed of hire and actually saying if you actually paid sourcing the credit that it's due you'd probably do less of it and then you would use automation to really help you nurture the candidates that might be too junior for the post that you're sourcing for for mm-hmm wait for them to become senior enough for them and get ROI from that sourcing time, but also create more time in your workflow that when you do find those candidates, you are nurturing them into a placement, whether it's today or in five years time. So I love all of that. And again, beautiful segue into my next question. Passive candidates. You know, it's like they're everywhere. They're everywhere, (laughs) but still we are aiming for sure things, hot dates, cheap dates, whatever you want to call them. The ones that rabidly click onto job adverts, even when, well, like you say, they're an applicant, not a candidate. Mm. So if if the candidates that are applying for your jobs are not enough, and I guarantee they won't be, because they'll also be applying to every single recruiter for every single other job, which in itself creates mm, a screening out opportunity, Talk to me about passive candidates. Talk to me about what happens if the advertising that I'm doing, the sourcing that I'm doing is only finding me active, rabid candidates and I need passives. How do you find these people? How do you also stay focused not on just tomorrow's pipeline, but in six months, a year? What do, what do you do to, to make that a workable, satisfying part of your workflow?
1: Yeah, I'd say, you know, and the key thing to remember is that this is a dynamic equation, right? There's a, uh, you'll have roles or jobs or clients um, that would be easy to, you know, source for, and there's not going to take a lot of effort. You're going to have a lot of applicants, and you can depend on that. Um, you're going to have roles uh, that are hard to fill where, you know, really you won't hide, find easily, you know, active candidates, so you'll need to, to go out and, and source them. Um, and it's really important to understand you know, I think from the original brief, what are you trying to do and how much, you know, effort you, you need to place on sourcing. But um, what I'm saying on, on sourcing is, uh, first of all, you know, I have many clients that this no, I have a very simple um, sourcing strategy and that's like LinkedIn, right? Or uh, something like that. And I'm saying LinkedIn is not a strategy, right? LinkedIn is a supplier. Uh, obviously, um, uh, it's really helpful and it's a you know very strong uh, network information but if we are honest even LinkedIn today can we clearly say this is a a way to uh, passive candidates sometimes yes sometimes no, right, right. There are a lot of people that are um very clearly using LinkedIn as well the same way they would use like any type of uh, active job searching tool right so, uh, for me, the advice there is like once you've understood that you know the amount of, of passive sourcing you do, you have to look at uh, three areas. One is, um, first of all, your network of existing uh, candidates, right? A lot of, it, it's really amazing how many of our clients um, end up buying the same candidates again and again um, from job because they just don't have a way to keep track of people they've placed in the past. Or people they talked to in the past. Um, uh, I think you know one of my favorite recruitment podcasters, is they saying about all the silver and bronze candidates, right? You sometimes you know place a great candidate, but there are others um, in the same short list that you you don't place, and you these are part of your sourcing efforts. Like right? you, you cannot ignore them. You cannot like uh, spend all that uh, time and effort to talk to them, interview them. Get to know them and then completely ignore them next time you have a very similar role in play. So own all your previous candidates. Um, understand what you will get if you go on the active market, you know, if it's a hard to fill or a, a difficult-to-fill role, and you know, if it's worth the effort, and then under, understand the different channels and not just the um the LinkedIns of the world, but there are, you know, uh, there are databases, there are you know professional networks. Um And there is uh, referrals from uh, uh, past placements. There are other networks that you can tap um, to get, you know, the word out and get the right applicants up, right? So for me, again, it's about finding the balance. You know, something else that uh, the Greeks in uh, uh, philosophy or, you know, talk a lot about is that balance of like yeah, that brings the quality of life and brings the quality of work, right? So understand oh, I that. I love
0: it. We, I knew we'd get some culture into this conversation, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> uh,
1: Carry so on. Understand, so understand how you have a balanced, I would say, sourcing approach, right? Don't just depend on, you know, uh, the one thing that you would do. Um, again, as I said, for me, uh, a critical thing is how you nurture relationships over time. Um we as I said like we, we spend the time and the effort to uh, talk to candidates in the past to you know acquire candidates uh, you know paying for advertisement or sourcing and everything you know that's a network that should o- always kept uh, live and that's a, an important part of how you use technology to keep that network live uh, and then you know when you go into sourcing to find like the, the channels that are effective that uh, bring the right people. And again, it's a similar process of, you know, trying different channels, um, collecting the performance data. Where do you find good candidates? Which ones you placed? Absolutely. Uh, and uh, what was the relative cost uh, for every placement and uh, making decisions based on that.
0: I love it because it's, again, it's, but it, it's always the way it's like, People feel they need a lot of time to be strategic, but sometimes it might just be a matter of minutes to really think about what they're trying to achieve and look at their past successes and and and, and recent successes in order for them to really they call it jump the shark, don't they? You know, it's yeah. like really nail down their workflow. But again, I remember in my younger days when I used to do a lot of work with marketeers, I'd say to them, you know, like, you know, how are you measuring it? Talk to me about the ROI you get from the content that you post. And their response would be, I'm just, I'm spending all my time posting content. I haven't got time to measure if it's working. And like, ah, oh, you've just answered why it doesn't work. Or you've answered why you are just continuously going to be ready, fire, a Instead of ready, Mm -hmm. aim, fire. And that, again, it does speak to me around the current market of the volume of candidates, which is changing every day. I mean, we've never seen a market like this. Mm -hmm. We weren't necessarily prepared for it. I can't see it changing anytime soon. So now's the time to get on board with the new way and, and make it work. Um, you know, you've spoken a lot about recruitment technology and integration. Is there any more you want to add to that? You've mentioned a few platforms that people can engage with. Yeah. Talk to me about a marketplace approach because that's that's where the market, well, it's been there for a while, but that's where recruiters need to get their heads around, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I think that the most important part of technology is like, obviously, you can we can lose our, our minds with the uh, options we have out there, right? Like a, mm. our business alone, broadband, integrates with 100 Hundred ten different ATSs and CRMs, right? And I'm sure there is probably another hundred available out there that we don't integrate with. And I'm sure there's like, uh, you know, a lot more talent um, acquisition platforms and talent intelligence platforms that somebody would use. For for me, the worst thing that can somebody is like, you know, I I love technology, I like new stuff, uh, but the way I you know I would approach it when it's it's my work is that we have to make um, decisions for the long term, I would say or the midterm, if we talk, talk in, in today's terms, and not get yeah. excited with every new tool and you know, put a lot of time and effort to try to combine things that don't talk to each other. So for me, the most important thing is integration and data flow. So the tools that you use right, to be able to pass on the, the data from one tool to, either, to to another and to understand, as I said, like the critical KPIs, because if you're not able, to understand that now, if your let's say job posting technology doesn't talk to ATS to to, to transfer the source of uh, you know um, of a candidate, and then you know you're trying your ATS to evaluate what's the the right channels where the candidates come in, it's impossible, right? So you, uh, I think it's really important to uh, ask when you are um, making a key decision in terms of like your technology is like. Uh, what are the integration options? How um, you know if I bring this tool in my workflow, how it would work with all the other tools in my workflow today and in the future, right? How they the the data will pass uh, from one side to the other. So for me, that's really important. And more important than using you know the latest uh, technology. You know everybody's excited now with ChatGPT. Okay, I'm gonna start using ChatGPT yeah. to, yeah. to write job descriptions. Yeah, but you know, if you're not able to understand what's the quality of that job description and, you know, um, understand, you know, that how candidates perceive it and if they brings the right candidates and everything, you you just, you know, adding complexity and noise and you're not getting the the right results, right? So the advice I have is like obviously start with uh, how this would work and, and that's why I, when people suggest me, it's like you know, uh, how, what should they do? They should think about the core technology. If that tech- core technology is a, a CRM on an applicant tracking system. And Absolutely. They, they should ask, you know, if that uh, technology allows easy integration of others, if it offers a marketplace of approved integrations, that you can easily, you know, uh, pick the different uh, puzzle pieces to build uh, uh, your solution. But the key thing is it has to be technology that talks to each other and um, uh, transfers the, the data from one side to the other. Otherwise, um, uh, there is a danger that we are, you know, uh, building in the sand a little bit like a, yes,
0: yeah, a
1: process that doesn't really uh, gonna bring the, the best possible result back. So for me, that's the, the key thing. Um, and again, uh, use it from the uh, from both uh, uh, sides of the aisle as a recruiter and as a candidate, right? so the technology must be friendly to the recruiter, but it must be friendly to the candidate as well. So always when uh, making those decisions about the interface, I would look those two critical interfaces, how I'm gonna use it as a recruiter day to day, and how is my mm-hmm. candidate going to be serviced through this technology? and as I said, making sure that uh, um, you know when, as a, you know that's the the key benefit of some of the bigger platforms that if you look for example to a to a bullhorn marketplace or if you look at the workday marketplace yeah. if we look at the employer side you can see all the different uh, interconnections that you can build um, and the and the pieces to the puzzle that talk to each other and complement each other you can have a great as i say you know startup with a beautiful idea and technology but if you cannot really connect it with all the other things that you're using. It gets very difficult to to get the best out mm. of it. So.
0: No, absolutely. And you know, if tech's going to do anything, it's going to be our eyes and ears. Um, but of course, no. if what we do is all we do is go out and buy lots of stuff and set it up and hope it somehow knows how to talk to each other, that's when the recruitment industry is really at threat. If we're being taken over by technology, that's uh, definitely going to be a problem. If it, all this stuff can do it do it without any input from us whatsoever, eh? Yeah.
1: My other uh, advice to that is have the. Te- you know, there's a lot of you know the focus is on automation right now in our technology, right? How do you drive uh, process automation and everything? Like automate. My advice is always automate the the simply stupid repeating tasks. Right. Yeah. That's the the thing. Like people get excited about the um, you know the the robot recruiter. I remember like there were these uh, uh, conferences in the past or these uh, industry exhibitions where um, it was this uh, sweet, this crazy um, company presenting the the robot recruiter that will do the interview. Right. Mm. Nobody needs. Uh, these types of uh, processes or innovation, right? So the people still want to talk to people. They need to be persuaded by people. They need to uh, pitch uh, opportunity uh, by other people, right? Like you cannot yeah. really, uh, um, you can spend a lot of energy and effort trying to automate things that are complicated or yeah. just automate the simplest repeated stuff. Posting oh, a job,
0: absolutely.
1: getting yeah. my data together. Um, sourcing quickly you know five ten candidates that i want to review these are things that can be automated and save time Mm. book my Mm. uh, interviews right Uh, and schedule my um hiring calls and all that stuff like these are things that uh, should be we should be looking to gain efficiencies and uh, time back um i think i
0: i i kind of always have these little mantras that i that i make up but it's for me it's you know you automate whatever you can you automate whatever you can so the recruiters can get on with the good stuff yeah and like you say it's taking away these bulk actions that actually there's a lot of data out there that tells us that candidates and clients don't mind being in an automation zone as long as they know they're yeah. being taken care of um exactly. but yeah it's genuinely I, I i say to my clients automate what you can you train on what's left so you you know yeah. you remove all of the the things that prevent recruiters from becoming very lean and very fit, and then you focus on the recruiters that are left, and you improve their speed, their pipeline, their work-life balance, their happiness, and then all of a sudden, some of the issues that clients have got recruiting new recruiters, keeping their existing ones, doing more with less—all of the challenges that the average recruitment leader has right now—start mm-hmm. to write themselves just by, like you like you say, removing the admin, de-administrating the workflow. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so who, who'd have thought we would have done Greek philosophy today? <laughs> um, I didn't, but I'm I'm absolutely loving it. I might sign up for a pub quiz now. I'd like to think that anyone listening to this has, has has got some food for thought, at least one or two takeaways around what they could do, even if they've not done it before, one or two things that they could do, looking at their process around sourcing, Not seeing sourcing as a tactic, not seeing the equipment that they buy as a strategy, but sitting back and going, I'm the human in the middle of this. I say what goes and what I want is my sourcing to be a strategy to drive my speed and pipeline. And there's some great stuff that Alex has told Lisa today that's going to help me do that. Delighted. Right then, lovely. Alex, thank you very much. We'll pop links to your LinkedIn and all of that lovely stuff. Any thoughts you wanna leave us with? Any kind of like other Greek philosophy? Any other uh, I
1: think I think you sounded really well. Like my key message is spend time, as you said, like thinking your strategy, automate the mundane and yeah. repeat the tasks. And um, uh, obviously simplify yourself, you know, by getting the right data, and make decisions based on um, simple KPIs. You can uh, get to to the results that you want as a recruiter much faster, right? So that's my advice. You know, think it through from the beginning. You know, simple, uh, uh, repeated actions and, and clear KPIs, and you'll get to a you know, candidate heaven.
0: Lovely, Alex. That was fantastic.
1: Thank you so much, Lisa. Great time.